Welcome to Mixed Company, bringing the siloed and uncomfortable conversation we have with our friends to the forefront so everyone can participate in the conversation. We say all the things you never would in Mixed Company. Welcome to Mixed Company. All right, guys, welcome back to Mixed Company episode. Who the fuck even knows at this hey. point? Hey, we 60. are here. We got to get back on 60. count, though. Do we? Because when we get to 100, you we know, gotta we got to be like, it. yeah. SoundCloud's going to tell us that. We'll be all right. <laughs> almost 60. <laughs> almost 60. We almost. are almost 60. Is this yeah. early bird special? It's Is it? We'll get no. to 60 we gonna get there. AARP <laughs> is like right <laughs> up our asses. We are on our way. Because we're recording like three times this month, so we'll we get there. Are. It's, September is a busy month. We've been popular. <laughs> We've been so popular. We so even wild. have guests in the, in the daggone uh, room today. We got people that want to <laughs> hang out with us. It's, it's been so long. People want to hang out with us? Yeah, like in private. They'd be like, y'all are ratchet. <laughs> like, you're right. A little bit. You know, have a lot to say. So, like I said, we got guests. Yes, we do. Um, From the One Club. Yes, are we even allowed to say that? Like, I didn't even. Oh, yes, we have to. Oh, deny group. We've hit the big league. We're not trying to get nobody fired. Can we say that? Ladies, introduce yourselves. Hey, everybody. I'm Stephanie Smith, the Director of Diversity at The Wine Club. Amazing. Hey, everyone. I'm Lauren Cole, and I am the Diversity Program Manager at The One Club. Hi, guys. Hey, hey. You, guys you guys have really good, like, NPR voices. Yes, they do. I was just about to say that. I may that. or may not have done voiceover in my life. Have you? Uh, <laughs> like, like commercials or, like, cartoons? Not cartoons. I don't, oh, have a fun, I don't have a fun voice. I'm not a fun... That's like my sixth so. career in my head. Like when yeah. I want to just like just give everything I up, that. I just want to do a voiceover. I can see a little. Can you do a lot of voices? Do you practice? Yeah, I used to do Toy and Tiny back in the day. They used to be my favorite one to do. Cause you know when to- when Tiny be talking, cause you know Tip don't really like kids be out here. But you know we just when I used to write for the group Escape, you know we. And that was like my real thing, or like I can do my mom very well. Um, I can. I used to be able to do Janet Jackson and like really like just you know. So you're like Chris Summer, Freddie, who's like all those characters. So you're gonna be like like all like Pepper Ann. You're gonna be like the next generation. I mean, that's (laughs) probably the best compliment I've had all year. Thank you. What? (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate it. You well, anyway. definitely do it. Yes, you know, I don't have any of those skills. I do like Target corporate mom. Oh, like, hi, did you want to buy diapers? Hey, that pays. Now I want to go to Target. <laughs> <laughs> I my do. Favorite, my favorite of hers is um, actually uh, when we play good cop and bad cop. Oh. <laughs> and I do get show. to be a good cop. Oh. And she's always a bad cop. So I but you, you can't talk about it and not show us. Uh, right. Oh, it's oh, not yeah. a sound. It's actually when we're actually working with the students. Oh, do you guys change your voices too? This might be well, a new segment. Isn't, isn't bad cop? People think bad cop is like the loud, mean one. I just give you the blank stare. You told me something that was. You got the mom voice and, and the um, mom stare. I don't really. I, I told you no. <laughs> the answer is still no. Um, I do appreciate that you have feelings about that. Perhaps get a cup of coffee or take a walk, but the answer is still no. <laughs> I felt so heard much. that I was though I was not speaking, <laughs> and you're still declining me, which I have to accept that. Because I still felt heard, though I was not speaking. It's important that everyone feels heard. But sometimes your feelings get hurt because life is difficult. I cannot wait to tell somebody. (laughs) I appreciate that you have feelings about this. And perhaps you need to go get you a coffee or take you a walk. (laughs) But the answer is still no. 
I told you she's good at it, y'all. Obviously, it didn't come out as nice and gracious. Can you imagine you are a student, you're in your first boot camp, and then like you want to quit or something, or something, or you're wanting something crazy. Like you want the client to tell them to tell you, sorry, what their research was before you go do your own stuff, right? That's a good example. I don't have any heart to break these little hearts, but I'm like, oh, wait a minute, Miss Miss Cole has one second. <laughs> you know, like, I use tea when this happens. Like, do you have like a, yeah. t- a coffee mug or something when you I tell them I usually do have a cup of coffee God is me. good, yes. Because that makes it a little bit more yeah. potent because yeah. I do feel bad. Now, if someone has a true situation, I'm very empathetic, but they come and they don't get with along with their teams or they have some other issues. And I'm like, are you going to quit your good paying job because you don't like so-and-so on the team? And they're like, no. I'm like, well, that's how real life works. Sometimes you have to do things you don't always love. Is this unethical or against your principles? You should never do something that way, but you don't like so-and-so. I don't like a lot of people, but that's not the point. (laughs) (laughs) There was a silent, like you in there like i heard it like i don't like you a know lot of it's, people. it's not like, really i i feel badly sometimes for like the students we talk about this a lot yeah and learning i think that sometimes they're super talented super creative um former hr director so the point is that sometimes like pro- oh, being professional and creative or whatever you're doing i don't care whether you're a janitor or whether you're there's just a level of professionalism and sometimes i feel like schools don't do the best job of getting Girl. students yeah. prepared Girl. for the real I world. I told you that. And yeah. so, you know, now you're over here crying in the bathroom because someone just, like, didn't like the color of your, you know, graphic. And I'm like, it's not that serious. Mm. You know, that scales back. And I don't mean to go off topic. But I was watching – well, I have a lot of friends that are on Facebook, and they have kids. Mm. And their kids are going back to school. And someone posted this article from a teacher saying that scales back all those coping mechanisms – it scales back to when you're younger and if you fail at something, it's like, do you, as a parent, do you teach your kid, kid like, okay, you failed, so next time do better, or you failed, the teacher must have a problem. Like, that affects them in real life. And I'm no, thinking, you put the, uh, dang, Monopoly that is board so in real. Like you used to do and tell them that when you fail, you lose your house, <laughs> you lose your car, you lose your hotel, they take all your money, and you will never fail again, child. You will never fail again. They said the whole Monopoly board. Ricky's my dad, by the way. That was a real lesson I had in kindergarten. Yes. Wow, wow, wow. I like that one. It's <laughs> whatever. That's that. That's that immigration success <laughs> mechanism. That's it. That's how you teach your kids when you think when they first generation. <laughs> well, you know, I think that. Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just anyway, more. <laughs> anyway, so this is gonna be a really good show because we're already laughing and cracking up. So I'm super excited to bring you all here to chat. Um, we don't have any any listener feedback today. Womp womp. Nope. We'll be all right. But we appreciate you. But we appreciate our listeners all the same. I think we gave, like, a few shout-outs the last episode, so we're good. Mm -hmm. Um, But I would like to say it is time for our favorite segment, or maybe the second favorite, Dope Shit or Ain't Shit. (laughs) Really want it to be, like, a full show. Right? (laughs) That's what I was going for. Really good at this. (laughs) 
I love the prices right so much. Like I just want to go up there and just first of all I want to be chosen. And I, I love I love Drew so much. I, I Cleveland rocks, right? Listen. And I just want to go and I've been practicing too. Like I've been practicing. <laughs> I've been practicing. Sometimes I, I feel like when I'm ha- having a good day, I'll, I'll just go and I'm like, what would I do when I'm on that stage? I'm, I reach up and I'm like, Deep. how high do you want to? And then you got to push it up yeah. first. Yeah. And then push it down. Like, Come on with strategy. <laughs> Come on with some strategy. You know what? Because you always got to be prepared, okay? You got to stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Because if you get chosen, okay, who going to win us this money? <laughs> and I got my um, <laughs> I got my, I got my voice all down, like, one dollar, Drew. <laughs> <laughs> Well, unfortunately, we don't give away money here. We just give away a lot of shade or compliments depending on um, the shit you have to discuss. So um, we'll go ahead and get started. Any takers or should I choose somebody from the crowd? I'll start. Oh. (laughs) I ain't never experienced this. (laughs) Why why is this new? Because you volunteered very quickly. As tribute. Go ahead. No, oh, that's because I'm looking at the article right now. So. Oh, go ahead, Frank. Yeah. Okay, great. Um, <laughs> He's here to listen. So unless you've been sitting under a rock, you know that uh, Nike is celebrating their 30 years of Just Do It. And um, they're getting a lot of white people mad right now. Um, with their Colin Kaepernick, um, I guess, first it was the post. I think, one, a lot of people, white people, or pe- conservatives in general, let's... Uh, I think that's a better way. Conservatives, because there are probably some black people who are mad too. Um, There's probably like a good like fifty. I, yes. You know, yeah, yeah. yeah I think there's people of all races who are mad. Um, what did I say last time? Confederate activists. Yeah, those exist. Who's who's the uh, the sheriff dude from? Um, from Texas. Yeah. Sheriff, uh, bro. We live in New York. We don't know. I mean, Arizona. The sheriff dude that was like campaigning for Trump. We forgot about him on purpose. Why are you bringing him up? Why do you remember him? Right. We don't even invite him to cookouts and dinner. Why are you bringing him up? He's mad. (laughs) He probably tried to cook it with like, he probably makes like a creamy roux and don't even put that stuff in the oven. Go ahead and talk about that dry macaroni, man. A creamy what? A roux. roux. R-O-U-X. Oh, it's all right. That's some Southern stuff. I've picked up some things along the way. Oh, yes. Or Before French. you make... Okay. Anyway. Anyway, go ahead. Talk about uh, Nike. Go ahead, okay. Sam. Cool. Um, <laughs> <He's really distracted. laughs> My God. Um, yeah, so they dropped their campaign, which is... Um, I think the Colin Kaepernick one was called Dream Crazy, and they basically dropped the um, poster... Uh, a couple of days ago on social media, um, and subsequently, um, yeah, I think that's the right word. Um, white people started destroying their Nike gear, so that is why this is my dope shit. I think a good campaign should spark some type of emotion and some type of reaction. Um, definitely, they got all the hand claps from all the people in the choir section, but watching these people destroyed their clothes online was very self-satisfying. I know people cut off the the swoosh off the top of their socks. I enjoyed it very much. <laughs> In solidarity. I saw somebody burning their sneakers. I enjoyed it very much. I mean, I first of all, I'm always skeptical about brands. Um, I think this is great, though, right? Like, Nike 
just coming off of a hella firestorm of sexual misconduct within their walls and also having a slew of firings recently. You got to do something to come back from that. Not to mention, they've been cutting budgets left and right. And now I'm wondering if, because now I I feel like I should stand behind all the budget cuts because there are a lot of agencies not getting paid right now by Nike, losing work, people losing jobs. I'm wondering if it's because we needed to give Colin Kaepernick a salary. And for that, (laughs) for that sacrifice, I commend everybody. I think we all had a lot to do with this. Um, I feel like I'm actually happy that Colin Kaepernick actually has I've been wondering how he's sustaining himself. I don't know if he has he, if he has saving privilege, uh, saving habits like mine. I was expecting him to go broke like sometime around right before Christmas. Um, but it's really good to. I'm so. St- <laughs> I said, he's just been out here. He's not working. He's not getting a check every two weeks. He's not on the field. I didn't know what he was doing, but it's really good to see that he still has this platform. Also, in relation to what we talked about last week with me feeling like we need, like I need somebody we can throw under the bus for a lot of the the racial uh, negativity that is experienced within the industry and the media, but he's actually been the role model for what, corporate activism could potentially be for everyone and like consequences no the role model because you do like his whole the whole his whole tagline is stand for something even if it costs you everything and i we've talked about it before on the show where we feel like it's really hard sometimes to call people out on their bullshit because that could cost you your rent check and you know that first check in the month is real important you know very important but how much how much conviction do you have for the things that actually matter and how much are you actually willing to give up for it to ensure that there is a quote-unquote brighter future for other people so i see it from a shady side and from a good side i'm happy for him i do like that he i think he represents the complete opposite of michael jordan who was i believe the original just do it or the face of the Just Do It campaign. Um, I also feel like they needed to make a big splash somehow because they've been looking real shitty these days. Child, mm. I even started buying Adidas. <laughs> looking like a whole run DMC. Did you see the meme? Did you see the meme with Kanye West? Child, yes. <laughs> Slavery Baby. was a choice. Trust Adidas. Adidas. Good night, sir. Good night, everybody. Y'all people out there got too much time on your hands. It's because they need to be in the agencies. Anyway, oh, yeah. that was a good one, friend. So wait, 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 wait. I have a question. Yes, ma'am. Do we like Nike or do we not like Nike? Like, what's I like, like Nike. Nike. They are. Yeah. I like I I like Nike as a brand. I have I feel a lot of nostalgia to them from growing up. I remember. You couldn't stand on the sidewalk unless you had a pair of Air Force Ones on. So, you know, those are, you know, beloved memories. Mm-hmm. I do think as a brand, though, in recent, in this year, and also, <laughs> if you've ever worked on Nike at an agency, you know that your life is devoted to them, and it can oftentimes feel like a sweatshop, right? Been there. So, Been there. right, at any of us that have ever worked on Nike, we know, like, this ain't sexy. You over there looking kind of like how I look now, but like at four in the afternoon. You don't need to look like this at four in the afternoon. You can look a little bit more put together, but you stressed. Also, internally, we know that there was standing for something, even though you can fall for um, 
even if it costs you everything, is not necessarily what they stood for as a corporation for a long time. I can't even confirm personally if that's what they stand for now. You know, you, it's like the brands, they're never 100%. They're never 100%. Oh, and the I, reason why I asked, because... Oh, sorry. Um, I'm indifferent. If it's cute, I'm going to buy it. <laughs> I okay. have been hiding underneath the rock. Oh. And I didn't really know what the consensus was right oh. now, what the general feeling is. Mm-hmm. And I uh, I just didn't know. So I was just kind of wondering, like... I, th- I haven't seen... So they dropped a video today, yeah, is what I'm seeing on my Twitter feed. I haven't seen that yet. But I think what it's going to do is pick up even more momentum. I think people that are um, that are into the idea that Black Lives Matter, that uh, people of color matter to creativity in the women's workforce, rights. et cetera, and women's rights, I think they will start to latch on to it. I, f- I feel like this is a campaign for the long haul it and is. that there's more content yeah. to come so and that there's going to be I'm a lot more programming. See, I thought that, you know, Nike taking that stand and – I don't know. Again, like I was underneath the rock for a bit. But it was I thought only twenty four like hours. We're good. <laughs> it's okay, <laughs> all right. So the, right. the Serena um, image that came out last week was mm-hmm. part of this. So it's all part of the same campaign. Right, which is why I'm like it's for the long haul. But here's he, okay. So here's where I I I feel pause. I don't want my brands anymore to just serve me posters about being my best and being great despite circumstances um because to me that's just capitalizing on our activism and capitalizing on our lives this is a this is real life for many of us and we know um a lot of the people behind the scenes of this campaign probably don't look like a colin kaepernick or serena williams so if you if your campaign is stopping at above the line visuals and doesn't move past that into the programming how are you pro, how are you adding this to into your school programs how are you instilling this into the college kids that you endorse cuz i think they nike also endorses university yeah. of oregon yeah. like, like what's your how does corporate that, what social is the responsibility long goal with what you're this? really doing yeah because otherwise i just feel like you're making money off of my pain and much like we discussed when the whole Pepsi thing happened, I can't get down with people just taking wins and losses off of off of our pain. And I would just add, I'm a business person. I have business practices. You cannot get me to believe that Nike does not still employ people around the world who look yes. like us who are being paid at a very low wage, yes. usually women, especially with apparel. It's a big thing in the retail thing. It's not sexy to talk about. So as much as I do applaud the Serena and the Colin, I do like it. There's someone making less than a dollar a day to produce something so we can get it for even $100, which I know is out of the price range for a lot of people. But if it were to be made by fair labor here in this United States, it would be four to $500 by people that may look like us to get a fair wage. They're not bringing labor back to yeah, exactly. the United States. You talk about you was about to say, are we going to pay? <laughs> yes, girl, you see them Yeezys. You see the Yeezys also Nike. What a world we live in. But I do think that I did think that was dope shit. Yeah, it was dope shit. Yes. We gonna see, but it was dope shit today. I mean, at the at the end of the day, like brands are not people, so our expectations for them have to be realistic. And so, yeah, they're gonna try to you know cater to our emotions. They know what they know what the climate is. They're 
athletes are the ones who are kneeling. Their athletes are the ones who are protesting. So they know what the climate is. They have to keep us happy, but they also have to keep them happy. So I think there's there's a line that they that they're teetering. But at the end of the day, like unless someone does a campaign and exposes all of the shitty things that they're doing around the world, you know, the majority of people are going to be happy as long as they get their Nikes and they get a good campaign. I haven't heard somebody say Nike in Nikes. a long time. Nikes. Okay. Nikes. Yeah. All right. Well, who's next? Dag on it. Well, mine's not really advertising related, but it's TV related. Can we use that? Yeah, girl. I do so it all the time. Do y'all remember Yes. Oh, that's my favorite <laughs> show. <laughs> that's yes. been my favorite show. Ever. Okay. So Sasha Baron Cohen, also known as Borat, he came out with a new series called Who's America? Who is America? And it's getting a lot of people in trouble, including... Roy Moore. If you don't remember who Roy Moore oh, is, oh dear God, <laughs> Jesus, so oh, Lord, we ain't get rid he, of that old man. He lost I his. We were over him. If you don't remember him, he lost his seat, and he should have went with it. Yes, but we all do. We all remember like the whole sexual misconduct Girl, and all yes. that. Okay, so here's he the is link. The original Chester the molester. Chester the molester. Okay, so here's the link. So Roy Moore, he is suing Sasha Baron Cohen for defamation for duping him into appearing on the actor's Who is America television series on Showtime. He man, he got catfished. So basically, he didn't know that's how we date in 2018. <laughs> yeah, All right, episode, so, so basically, so good, the little the scene <laughs> that is in trouble is Sasha Baron Cohen. His character is interviewing um, Roy Moore, and he has like a lie detector. And Sasha's Cohen's characters asking, "Are you a pedophile?" And the machine beeps. <laughs> that doesn't mean it wasn't working. I mean, it, it sounds you know sounds like quite the fairly contrary. accurate. So you know, more Roy Moore is mad hot. So he was like, "This is not me. That's not true." Even though it is kind of true, but hey, whatever. So he's suing Cohen, Showtime as well for defamation of so-called character <laughs> and that is my dope shit for sasha cohen for getting people in trouble for the in exposing them for the truth that they are did you watch the and whole it, season no i haven't you, you need to watch the whole season it's like i think it's i think it's like the i think it's so genius comedy like that's my opinion it's so crazy because the shit that people do is so bizarre like you wouldn't believe it unless you saw it like right somebody would like believe that that shit is happening and then when it comes out they're like no 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 that, that's not me first of no all, but it is you first of all like how heck is he gonna come be invited to a show and no one in his camp girl. decided to research this girl. just like they didn't research you know the correspondent girl <laughs> keynote girl <laughs> <laughs> so none of y'all asked her these <laughs> questions beforehand y'all just like i would be more than happy to come and sit on your panel and blah blah well, blah well they're blah. probably thirsty so like also, i'm not there there there's only antics. there's only so many like media outlets that cater to their that's not true your, there's a lot there's a whole lot but they yes but not a lot like mainstream yes like, there are it's called Fox News. <laughs> that's that's one. That's a big one. That's a big one. But it's not a lot. It's, it doesn't matter. It's the it's a big one. Okay, but well, how many do we got? CNN. You have mm. CNN. You have MSNBC. Uh, you have CNN. Right. Mm. Did anybody buy back BET? Oh no, mm. never. <laughs> we have S's, girl. I, we have we bought I, back S's. 
I feel like he was able to pull off. We buy BT back, no, girl. We working on. We working on it. We working on it. I think he was able to pull it off because people are thirsty. Like if you see his team is thirsty. Their, yeah, their team. I mean, thirsty. they're claiming that these are defense of fraud and intentional infliction of emotional distress. They probably you didn't read their contract. They distress. didn't read their contract. I know for a fact they didn't read their contract because I know for a fact you can't do none of these shows. Like, you know how many people yeah, Chris Henson true. has been out here getting got under false pretenses? <laughs> Chris Henson been out here pretending to be a 12-year-old girl with lollipops for years. <laughs> You're disgusting. You're now on the show. No one's Love ever sued him. Like, <laughs> you They'd be like, no, 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 that's not me. Yes, it yes, is you. you. Mm, that's cute. I'm going to watch that one. That sounds fun. watch that one this weekend. That's going to be a good one. Um, Your turn. Yep, I got... I got some ain't shit, but I've decided I'm going to go ahead and kick off some dope shit. I went to the U.S. Open last night, and I oh. saw Superwoman herself play. And I feel very confident in saying that Serena Williams is Superwoman because watching her play and exert that much emotion and power. Like, you go to you go to athletic games, you go to a football game, you go to basketball games, and it's like, you get it. Like, you, y'all running into each other, you have to be powerful. You go to golf, it's like, yeah, it's all right. It's, you know, nobody even breaks a sweat. First of all, we was both sweating within the first 15 minutes of the daggone. <laughs> you, you and the bleachers. Me and the bleachers <laughs> in the 300 <laughs> section. Me and Serena over here like, somebody give me a towel. But, like, just her, like, li- like the physical power it takes for her. Like, you could literally see it not just in her face but in her body that she was – about this game and also watching her um literally perk up and play harder the louder the crowd cheered for her and it's also amazing to hear all of these people and it looked sold out in this relatively sold out game cheer for her like everybody wanted serena to win last night Everybody from floor seats to nosebleeds. There were people that sat above me, so they're the nosebleeds, not I. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, you know, you just you like know you really be there for her. And like, there were times where she was she was losing. I ain't gonna lie, and you know, that's we were sweating together. <laughs> and then there was this one moment, like in the last two matches, where she just grabbed the ball. And she started shaking her head, and I was like, she looked like she just decided she was going to win. Like, she was actually over the game. Mm -hmm. Within, like, 20 minutes, it was over, and she won. And she had, like, a full comeback. And I was like, when I go to work tomorrow, no matter what comes in my inbox, I have to decide to win. So shout out to to Serena for being inspirational, for being a powerhouse, for being pregnant 365 days ago and deciding I'm going to still come back and win this shit. Um, she gives me hope that like I can get through an email. <laughs> I know you got chills. Turn the like, listen to the whole story. It I'm was just like, amazing Dang. to watch her. Like I, I don't think I've ever given that much of myself to anything. But she literally becomes the game. And like I've been to hundreds of sporting events, but I've never like experienced that. Especially from being that far back, you're like, did you ever see that match point? I'm so sorry to cut you off. Did you ever see that match point game? They ended up doing some kind of like social media game. It won a pencil last mm. year or whatever. But they basically reinvented Serena Williams every winning um, mm. match. And you would be 
you know, the person that oh, they're trying to like. <laughs> I will tear up my apartment. I That's what I careful. thought you did. That's why I'm laughing. I was like, you're going to tell me you bought a tennis racket and you about to. No, you about, <laughs> you about no, to them tennis <laughs> rackets were expensive. And I'm a classy lady, baby, but that that's too much. That's even too much for me. No, no, no. Were they no, signed? No. Huh? Were they signed? No, they were just gold, which is why I looked at them because I was like, oh, I love gold. And I was like, oh, not that Swatting much. these emails. Left yeah, beating folk over the head with it. Um, but, yeah, so that was, my dope, that was my dope shit. But I do have some ain't shit, and this comes from a story that a little birdie told me. Um, shout out to Blackbirds over at Twitter. Um, apparently, a member of their own experienced a very traumatic moment where, as we all have at one point, where you recognize your blackness is not welcome somewhere. Um, he basically, and there's a Twitter link to it, he went out for drinks with some coworkers in San Francisco um, after being at the San Francisco office. And this is on Twitter, so I'm going to talk about it. Um, and basically, what's the place called? It's called White Castle. It's not, no, that's not called White Castle. That's funny. I tried it. Oh, Lord. Um, it's called <laughs> White Chapel. <laughs> White not Chapel. even better. At, and I'm going to at them because I don't care. I'm not going to patronize this place anyway. Um, it's called At White Chapel SF. The bar is called White Chapel. Um, and apparently... Um, dude went there with his coworkers after a, a long, hard day to celebrate one of their birthdays. And he was saying he was just kind of chilling there. And they literally, he said it was the bouncer, the waitress, and a hostess came over to him and asked him as he was sitting down chilling like a villain, just trying to be in this joint drinking and chilling to leave. Wow. And when he re- asked for an explanation, they didn't even bother to respond. You just need to go. And I think what's most heartbreaking about the situation, because I think we, we've been there when, like, you're, the thing that makes you different stares you in the face sometimes. Like, sometimes you realize that there's nothing, none of the great qualities I have about me can save me. It's literally whatever one, the one thing is that you've decided to make your enemy, that is the reason why we're having a battle mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. He talks about being a, being Nigerian and coming to the States and working hard, teaching himself to code. He talks about how, you know, the challenge we have when we also try to never to make things about race. Like sometimes maybe we just aren't good enough. Sometimes maybe we didn't try hard enough. Maybe we were rude. Maybe, you know, like mm-hmm. never pull, trying to pull uh, the race card and also making sure that, like, he's done everything in his power, in his life, to be a digni- uh, a man of dignity that is black but is, is also excellent as mm-hmm. a person and as a professional, to then be faced with all of your coworkers in this amazing city uh, where technology is king and you are in this in crowd, and yet still that's not good enough to let people see past you and they need to ask you to leave. So... I wanted to call them out and say that at White Chapel SF ain't shit. And yeah, I said it. You don't even sound funny. And I don't care. And they probably don't care either. But I think it's important to call, like I said last week, it's important for us to call people out and like really point to the root of disrespect. Because even when it doesn't matter, if we don't say it's a problem, 
then everyone's going to think that maybe it's not a problem. So I commend him for sharing his story and even going into detail about how it affected him emotionally to the point where he said his coworkers had to pick him up off the sidewalk from crying. Like, it broke him that much. And I commend him for sharing that story. I hope he finds an even doper-ass bar with better-ass drinks and popping-ass happy hour so that he never has to feel like he needs to go there again because you should be allowed to get a drink in 2018 wherever the fuck your money may please. Period. Shout out to City Girls. Did he add them? He did add them. Good. And everybody's been adding them since. And in fact, we'll post the link to the thread so you can add them too. <laughs> well, you know, people in Oakland, they evolved. Remember about the um, woman who called on somebody in the park? It's, it's everywhere. That's everywhere, though. Like, it's not even just Oakland. It's not even just large cities. It's, it's everywhere. And I think... But they did a sit-in. That was my point. I mean, not sit-in. The next day, everybody, all the black people in Oakland had a barbecue right there and then. Oh, yeah. Maybe we should have just... have turned up. Hey. In fact, we're going to be at White gonna, Castle making the Black sit, Castle. We're just going <laughs> to sit outside the bar drinking a six-pack. Like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't need your money. No, but it's true. That goes to your point last episode when you are talking about that you... That people may do all the preventive measures when they know that they did something wrong. But um, what stuck to me in that conversation, what you said, Kai, was, you know, people need to pay. <laughs> like, they I need feel, to feel like that's the, spanking. the only thing we haven't done yet. Because I used to get spankings for everything, for dumb shit. So, like, if I got spankings for stuff like turning up the TV too loud, because how am I supposed to know that your ears, dad, don't <laughs> like to listen to things over a 17 volume? Why can't they get spankings for making people feel like they're beneath human humanity? That I feel deserves a spanking. No, I think this, not I think the TV volume. The spanking is necessary. I think it's just a matter of like making sure that we strategize on like how to spank them and make sure that it's effective. Because you, I based off of the conversation last week, like you, you want them to really feel some shit. Like you That's want, fine. you want an eighty spanking. Mm, Before BCW, you watch my parents did. I done huh? recapped on a uh, on scandal. Listen, somebody somebody got to catch yeah. these strategic hands. So like it's, I think it's it needs to be like really strategic, like where they feel it, and the only the only way they're gonna feel it is in their, in pockets, their pockets because they're not a person, they're a brand. So that brand has to, they're a company, they Fair. have to suffer. Fair. That's and then subsequently, like <laughs> whoever owns that company is going to suffer and hopefully they learn their lesson but we don't really care if they do we just right. want them to suffer <laughs> most people i just want to suffer some people i really do want them to win anyway that's the ain't shit happy for my dope shit i feel a little balanced right now my chi is on that's 10 <laughs> ladies stephanie do you have a dope shit or an ain't shit lauren oh boy <laughs> NPR voice is back. <laughs> so I will be. I, I heard the instructions. I get what's dope and what's ain't. Um, personally, I don't follow enough pop culture sometimes to be in the know the way I probably should be. Full disclosure. Like Twitter, I get it. Not on it. The gram is the thing. I enjoy this right now. I've heard about it. I feel heard. <laughs> yeah, I have I have the Facebook. Mainly what I get is like my friends 
like weddings and babies. So like the ads don't even give me cool ads anymore. It's just like, do you want to buy this dress or do you want to buy your friend a breast pump or something? (laughs) And I'm like, maybe. And I like click on it. It was on sale. Yeah. Like it's just cool. I saw it on Facebook. Um, Dope shit. I'll just piggyback off you with Serena. I just have to say that I've been a Serena fan for a long time. I saw her couple years ago at the u.s open felt the same way i love what she's doing again to always be that like strange mom person by the way i'm not a mother i have no children i've never fostered never adopted (laughs) um i'm here for all of it i just really appreciate her um it's old news but i really appreciate her being the powerhouse career person that she is but also talking about black maternal care in this country that gets no love it's not sexy um people think you have a baby it comes out and then you're fine um and when you when you talk about um this ain't I want to say the name was it at White Chapel SF mm, who ain't yes. shit yes right same concept that you can't even do something as basic as have a baby in this country and be black and have basic care and that to me I I think is dope shit that she called people out on that and that to your point I think is it's it's unfortunate she's an athlete so forget babies or not she knows her body she has the best world care she probably pays tens of thousands of dollars for someone to pay her meals and get oxygen so masks on like and. I don't know, she probably does weird stuff we don't even know about. And so when she's like, hey, I need some care, and people look through her, can you imagine the average woman of color mm-hmm. in this country yeah. trying to get maternal care? And they read really good stories about how it's unfair, but people who did happen to marry someone and had biracial children, they would bring their white family members in because that's when mm-hmm. they got the care. And, you know, it's that's like – so that thing that's dope that she's done that, you know, and it's unfortunate we have to do that. And it's, it's a weird thing I never thought about because I don't have kids. I'm not. A <laughs> I really need you guys um, to understand. But even going in is. and getting a different response, being engaged, married versus being a single black woman, it, right. it's it's that I I just I it blows my mind. Um, so that ain't shit. You know, it's a little bit of old news, but it's no, like that's Serena still relevant. That's and she relevant. really spoke up. And I think her winning the tennis match just like highlights that. Like we can, you know, the mom and the work life balance or what, whatever you're doing, like. Mm. Excuse me, fuck a mom. Like you could just be right. a person and just want quality health care. And sometimes being brown in this country doesn't allow that. In 2018, that ain't shit. Girl, uh, wrap that up. I like Beyonce says, "I give you life." Yes, <laughs> I'm better than the hype. Yes. <laughs> you know, I actually have to say, um, for dope shit, I, I think I have a dope shit. I wanted to give a shout out to the actual brands that are actually doing diversity yes. well. There are some brands and there are some people that are like, okay, we may have fucked up or we see some things are going, and they actually like put metrics and things in place. So let's like give a like, that's for me. Like, I think it's dope shit for those people that actually are even trying to like find ways and solutions um, or, you know, look into ways that they can develop and their staff and stuff. When I find a manager that, really says like oh i have succession planning meetings and you know mm. i have these you know meetings with my people and do this and that and that. i'm like you sound like you're an amazing boss like I, go I bet you're, yeah, right. i'm like any you want to shout out don't be numb. <laughs> you gotta go through the whole just make you want to shout something real good are there any brands you want to shout out I wasn't going to put you on the spot. I knew better. She <laughs> I was Sorry, like, I feel like our listeners. From where I sit, there's too many that I would like to. Uh, you want to pass it off to your mom voice? Okay. You want to pass it off to your mom voice? 
Um, yes. <laughs> I'm actually at the point of just like, you know what? They all know who they are. Exactly. Yeah. I'll they say to who your they point, are. There, are, there are a lot of, there are brands, but there are definitely a lot more individuals within brands that are trying yes. to make the change. Yes. And I think they don't get the love and respect and the shout outs that they deserve. And so this is for all of y'all. I like, love all my chain, my game changers, all of them, change agents out here just making the workforce a better place. We see you. Well, well. Yes. Well, thank you, ladies, for joining us. And I, this was fun. This was a really good dope shit ain't shit session. This was good. But beyond just talking about what's dope and what ain't and who ain't and all of that um, in our weekends, um, I think it's even more important to discuss why you both are here. Like, I'll start by saying um, there are a lot of, programs that are out here that speak to diversity and there are a lot of organizations that have diversity as a tactic uh diversity conversations rather as a tactic but there are not many or any maybe besides us but we like real new to the game there are not many actual programs and platforms that speak directly to black people and being that you both are coming from the one club and you have one of the most amazing programs and platforms that I actually learned about when I first got in the industry way back in the day here are all the black people because everybody always wants to know where all the black people and I be turning around like bro like I'm looking at six of us right it's like we right you don't see girl is you not like we be here but like apparently people don't see the folks um you guys you guys lead that so I want to introduce you by your bio or by the organization's bio um, so we have the One Club is dedicated to celebrating creative excellence in advertising and design. We work with the most, or you guys work with the most outstanding agencies in the industry and have for many years heralded great work by awarding the best within the coveted One Show Pencil, which we made reference to about two minutes ago. <laughs> um, on October 5th, though, here are all the black people, which is a platform that was created by the One Club team um, or the One Club for Creativity's uh, Multicultural Career Fair and Conference for Advertising Professionals is happening, right? So you guys are now in your seventh year, which is truly exciting. Um, and once again, you guys are going to bring together hundreds of individuals from diverse backgrounds, which is also important. Black conversations should not or the conversation of the advancement of black people should not be held to just black people. It is the job of the village, mm -hmm. as we know as a culture, it takes a village to mm -hmm. breed success. Um, individuals from diverse backgrounds and experiences, you guys are bringing us all together for a full day of panels and presentations uh, from industry leaders. You guys are gonna have some portfolio reviews. So for those of you listening, <laughs> bring your books. And by book, I don't mean bring a whole book. Like it's 2018. Bring right? your best work. Bring your best, best link. Work. Have your iPad and your phone on deck. Okay, just, just, just swipe right have and swipe left. Ready, 
Okay, so this is a networking <laughs> opportunity, and it's an opportunity to also feel and build community within our business, which is truly important because I do think that that is what helps with our retention. So, Very with true. all of that being said, that tongue twist, that tongue twister. <laughs> I represent to you all Ms. Lauren Cole, the Diversity and Inclusion Manager, and Ms. Stephanie Smith, the Diversity and Inclusion Director. Hi, ladies. Hello. Hello. All right. So the real thing is, I think our first question, and either of you can take this first, um, what made you get into what made you get into the diversity and inclusion conversation and Work stream, if you will. Like, how, how'd you get your start? Why are you here? Yeah, why? <laughs> Mine's gonna be long-winded, so I'm gonna make Lauren go first. Okay. <laughs> I don't, again, as usually, I don't have an exciting answer. Um, but I've been in the human resources space. I've been an HR recruiter, generalist, so on and so forth, um, in advertising for almost eight years, and been in other spaces for a while, and I just saw the need to do something that really affected change. Um, for better or for worse, and I love all my HR peeps out there, sometimes you're not in a position of power. Sometimes diversity and inclusion gets thrown on HR. You're giving zero budget. And even if you don't need the budget, you know, you tell someone, you create new pipelines, you create new programs, you're really passionate, and they do the same things over and over again. So quite frankly, I got tired of it um, because, you know, my time's precious too, and I want to impact oh. that change. And it just didn't feel like it was happening, at least at that point in my career. So I was interested in making a half pivot, you know, to something that was a bit more focused on DNI as opposed to ancillary, which I felt like was a lot of things that I was doing was like an add on. So mm -hmm. it's like my regular 50 hour a week job and then here do some round people stuff. And I wanted to give it the which is the folder, the title of the folder. It really was it probably the folder. Here's some women. Well, maybe if they were inclusive, it was like, oh. here's some women, LGBTQ brown people. It's really one person. Binder. It's one person. Can you find the brown LGBTQ woman? Oh, That's my. basically it. Um, so that's how I got into this space. It was something I've always been passionate about and have worked towards, but felt a need to do something more impactful and more directly related to the industry. Um, and again, but shout out to my all my HR peeps who are doing and holding it down there. You're great. You're, you're just amazing. Like. And that's why I have her on my team, y'all. <laughs> um, so actually, I kind of like lived diversity my whole life. Like I'm originally from Alabama. I lived. <laughs> yeah, girl. Actually, I claim both states. So I'm Oof. right down the middle on both like where I grew up, where I lived in between cultures. So diversity has kind of been something that's always I've lived and bred. And when I say I lived in Alabama, let me back it up. I lived in Alabama in the 80s in nothing but white culture in Birmingham, Alabama. Ooh, it was hard. The not country, dresses. not even the get of the country. Dresses, Ooh, yeah, nice, yeah. Gowns. Yeah. <laughs> nice gowns. Nice gowns. <laughs> <laughs> Drive fast, not at no night. <laughs> no, it wasn't. I really felt like I, so I, I embodied that. And so when it comes to like where I am in my career, um, that was always something in the back of my mind I didn't know. It kind of was a sleeper cell, I kind of say, right? Um, so it, my career with advertising, so I'm not so far removed from the actual advertising culture myself. And I, I go back and forth because they kind of intersected at one point. And I was going to school for advertising. And then I got my first master's in politics because no one was hiring at the time, 2009. Go figure. That is true. 
right, right, right. I didn't even know. And then because I I was a a late bloomer in understanding about advertising, um, I didn't find out about advertising when I was like sophomore, senior. I mean, almost sophomore. Uh, And so, like, I'm pretty certain my book was shit. I'm just gonna say right there, probably was. Let me tell you, I was using Quirk. That's how old I am. So what? <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I know. Oh. <laughs> I wasn't ready. For it was right before, like, in, in like Adobe was just coming out. But anyways, book was probably shit. That's probably why I didn't get a job. But anyhow, I ended up pivoting into politics. And during my second master's, I realized it's like, oh, I needed to write a capstone on something. I decided diversity, and I fell in love with it. Instantly, just started to like develop myself as a advertising, oh, excuse me, I got advertising on the brain, started developing myself as a, a diversity professional, got like, I now sit on like the board of the National Diversity Council, all this other fun stuff, but um, I kind of felt like when I was in school, I felt like I missed the boat for advertising. But when I got oh. the job at one club, I was like, oh wait, I didn't miss the boat. I actually got put on like one of the biggest jets and. Now I'm on the yacht, like over here, and I'm working. And I put in that in that thought because now I'm literally the gateway to help people get jobs, get access, get their careers started. Um, and it feels good to be that gateway to help people and, and try as much as I can. And so that's how I fell into it. But it was like a perfect, beautiful story that, in my yeah. brain. Look at God. That's a testimony. What are you doing? Yeah, here Just doing stuff for people. <laughs> Just be blessing. He'd be blessing all the trap and, trap and folk. I know. And, and trap I people. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I would be remiss to say, like, I wish that I, I built one club or I wish that I built one ID. I think, you know, put it on the backs of, actually, not put it on the backs. I stand on the shoulders of previous giants, you know, Tracy Smith and then yes. also, like, Tiffany Edwards, mm-hmm. as, you know, Jimmy Smith as well. Mm-hmm. You know, so, and I'm a Stephanie Smith. We're not actually all related. I'm going to tell you that now. That's but, not- it's a correlation right there. Yeah. It didn't even dawn on me. So basically, you guys are just <laughs> fraternizing. You're just gonna. It's not nepotism, I promise. Yes, it is. <laughs> it totally is. But um, no. But Jimmy Smith was like one of the founders of Here All the Black People. Mm-hmm. Him and Jeff Goodby, and then you know, diverse. Anyways, the story is on the website. But yeah, we can totally get into that. But I'm happy that you transitioned into Here Are All the Black People because. I remember, shoot, I guess back in 2013 is when I learned about it. So I was actually at my second job. And I was like, it was called Where Are All the Black People? Jimmy still calls it by where. We keep going back and forth. You know what? When you're the OG, you, you do you, you do what exactly you want. Like, what it is too. You know, when this when you started the whole shit, you know it's what I called it. It's what I name it. It's what I tell people it is. Um. So, but with that being said, I remember hearing about that and – it was an impactful moment because at that time, that's where Sim and I met. I was in a place that I like to liken to hell, um, we didn't meet there. and it felt very lonely. We didn't meet there. We met at Momentum. Oh, oh yeah. Yep. We met at work. <laughs> well, we don't remember. Well, <laughs> I said it. Anyway, we were working there at in 2013, and. I heard about it, and I, it just felt like, dang, I need to be there. Because <laughs> I know, listen, I'm feeling out here lonely as a mug, okay? And I could probably go to hear what other people are experiencing. Didn't make it that year uh, to say that. But 
it sparked something in me. It definitely like gave gave me gave me insight to know that there are other people having conversations about things I'm probably thinking about. So tell us a little bit about what is now called Here Are All the Black People, AKA Jimmy, where are all the black people and how has it evolved since you guys started seven years ago? Oh wow, y'all! First of all, thank you for putting, telling Jimmy that because he we go back and forth all the time. Yeah, oh, gee, sometimes you know yeah, you don't argue yeah. with fuck. You just kind of yeah. Yeah, you he's know, like yeah, Uncle Jimmy right. too, for real. Right, that's your right. uncle. You'd be like, yeah, yeah you I'm know, like, go ahead, pass yes, the sir. chicken. Oh, okay, yes, um, yeah. So it all originated. It started with an idea to help students get into um, advertising through exposure, such as you know the portfolio reviews, as you mentioned, the live talent pitch. I don't even know if it started with the live talent pitch, but anyways, it probably did. Um, and then panels and sessions, but over time, we've kind of like developed it a bit more. Um, I know last year, so I'm, uh, yeah, last year we implemented the first mid-level session to make it not only for students, but also, you know, creatives of color that are actually, you know, working. <laughs> like the mm -hmm. definition of a mid-level person would be somewhere with three to seven years of experience. They're not a ACD or ECD uh -huh. or above or C-suite. They want to be, maybe they don't want to be, maybe they want to be art director, but they're kind of the next person to stand in line to be groomed. And so what happened is I started, when I started at One Club, I noticed that there were so many student pipeline programs and there were so many executive training programs, but there was nothing in the middle for people that were in the mid-level uh -huh. area. And then it was a big issue to me because people would say, well, we tried this person internally and they didn't work out. And we tried this person internally. Feeling we gotta, triggered. Yeah. Feeling and triggered. Then, we, then we gotta reach out to, we gotta go outside. Mm -hmm. But you're like, no, if you actually develop them and retain them, give them a little morale, you know. You know, if you treat them like the other people that you like, maybe they'll stick around, I don't know. Or maybe just have some better, you know, culture but anyhow so my idea it could be a you problem it's definitely not a me problem totally it's, it's you not me <laughs> anyhow um so yeah so we implemented that to like make here all the black people more accessible um for not only the students but to also to solve for that and historically uh his uh, here all the black people has always dovetailed mm. advertising week and uh, nothing against Advertising Week, but half the time with these bigger conferences, you know, only a token or a chosen person is sent, and then everybody else is just like dying on the vine. So we made, with this mid-level track, it, it is a paid ticket, but you get extra perks. Uh, so we've implemented, you have a separate track just for you to um, work with or learn from and network with uh, people that are your executives, people that are like-minded, and the topics are more geared to you guys as well. So, um, oh, and then we have a kickoff party. The night before, <laughs> yes. I got a belly rock Exclusive. on one time. Mm -hmm. yes. Exclusive, only for like, you know, those are wanting to network for mid-level sponsors, speakers, and um, executives, and uh, obviously open bar, open food. You're saying all the things we like, yachts, exclusivity, open <laughs> bar, party. These are trigger words. Diversity, girl, we, we is in there. Like, yeah. I know. I, I'm just a gift that keeps on giving. You really are. Thank you. 
But yeah, so that's kind of like a little bit. I think there's a lot more that I probably missed. I'm going to pass the mic to my left and have my colleague talk about some other things. Cause I'm, Lauren, you be I'm, looking like you're not ready, but then like you get on the mic and you're just hitting us with like all right. the goodness and the truth. I used to be a dancer and a theater performer, so you gotta turn it on and yeah. then turn it off. You've done a lot. Actually, if you you've done, done a lot research, in this life of yours. Uh, actually, most actors are introverts. That's why they act so well because they're performing. They're not necessarily being authentic, and you can't yeah, be no, authentic I get it. if you're playing like. Some I, I get that character. a lot. I totally get it. Um, I think Steph did a great job actually of covering off on everything. I think the mid-level thing, just to highlight that again, is really important. We'd love to see more people come. Um, out we have a live talent pitch so it's an opportunity for someone who has dreams of being an actor perhaps or just wants to get up on stage and showcase their talents beyond their book or what they're currently working on Um, people have gotten hired on the spot from our live talent pitch so again I really like being a part of something that has such a direct impact when someone calls me literally three days later, like oh my god an agency hired me. I'm like, yay. That's so, dope. so that's awesome. So there's so many things. There's so many recruiters and HR people there looking to hire. Um, there's lots of leadership. You never know who you might bump into in the hallway. Uh-huh. Um, sometimes we talk a lot about access and not having the right access to people or the right types of people, especially if you're entry level or mid-level. You're like, I feel lost. You know, nobody looks like me at the top. They will all be there. So we'd love okay. to see everybody come and you never know who you might run into who could give you your next opportunity. Totally. I think we're interviewing for our live talent pictures, right? We are. Sign up online if you want to come audition in front of me. Oh. <laughs> oh. You bring your mug too. I'm like, you have your mug. Absolutely amazing. <laughs> okay. Listen, I've been trying to get into a little stand-up comedy, my dad We had stuff. some people win Listen. last year who did stand-up comedy. It was great. I would choke so bad. No, you wouldn't. You You'd be great. It's right the now. parties first, you said, though, right, with the happy oh. hour? Let me tell you about this party, girl. Because so. I was like, if the happy hour is first, then I might just go ahead and escort myself to the stage. Well, so the party is first. It's October 4th. Ooh. And oh. it actually is going to have a surprise mid-level live talent pitch as well live dj some turntables so basically the whole theme of that night is paying homage to uh hip-hop and the culture that's been birthed from it um so yeah we've engaged rga rga is gonna like have uh maybe about 60 minutes to do their wait for it a networking activity with not so frequently asked questions. Oh, nice. Yeah. Come on, Come on. Yeah, we had them on like three episodes ago. We sure we did. did. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Amazing. Um, But it's the first time we're actually having a theme, and I'm trying to, uh, it's going to be like an open mic type of a vibe. And so the idea there is, although you won't get a job from the live talent pitch um, at the mid-level on October 4th, but um, you get some cash. Like I mean, I feel like price. that's literally the only reason we wow. look for jobs is to get, <laughs> to get like, nobody, yes, yes. you just really made the process that yeah. much easier. Yeah. So I, I'm just going to, we're giving you money to look for a job. So oh, I was like, like there are travel stipends available Wait, as what? well. For so students. part of, clarify, if you live in the New York metro area, meaning within two to three hours of New York, tri-state. Tri-state, not necessarily talking to you, but you folks outside of the tri-state area, we love to see, again, diversity of region. You know, we always talk about advertising, and there's all sorts of great brown people in New York. There's all sorts of great brown people and women and all sorts of other people around the country. So um, if you are interested, we will greatly defray the cost of your travel to come to hear all the black people. So uh, 
also look at that too. Yeah. So I have a question for you guys because I'm I I think here we're all about growth and even as a team we've had to grow and pivot and we've changed our position on things. We've yeah. used some some not failures. I don't think I failed. I think we've just had learning. We've had learnings along the way that have allowed us to improve. And this. Uh, this year's uh, Here Are All the Black People sounds so dope. Like, you came on here and gave all the trigger words, you know. But well, wait, so there's your more, girl's about so much to more to tell you, too. But I'm interested to know, do you guys feel that there have been some learnings for one the One Club and you all as a team along the way that have gotten you to this point where you're like, he, this is the programming we need to have right now in order to be um effective for our our network and our uh future creators absolutely matter of fact um what lauren and i do to develop our topics we actually work with advertising agency employee resource groups so that's our way to make sure that we stay fresh and up to date with the actual people that are working in the agencies um and what's other stuff we do I think just listening to our constituents, you know, the people that we are serving, what are students learning in school or not learning in school? How do we develop programming? Which, you know, to my mom point earlier about professional development, you can have the greatest book in the world, but if we're not equipped to actually get in front of somebody and sell it, and I think that's a unique um, challenge for our community for a lot of reasons, um, you're not going to get that far. And I still feel like a lot of the feedback we heard, I guess maybe I thought that was over, you know, just have the best book, be the best person, um, but I have to sell to students, you know, break their hearts as I do. But that sometimes it is who you know or how you sell yourself, right? It's not, life isn't fair that way, but how do you quote unquote play the game, but not in a way that, again, goes against your principles or your ethics or who you really are, but it's it's a business. We're in business and giving our, at least our students and our mid-level creatives the tools to do that, I think is something that, I've learned, I guess I was just a bit naive thinking that we had kind of done that and people were getting that type of learning. I'm like, oh, it's the internet. Just Uh. Google how to interview maybe. But just hearing a lot of stories that that's not the case and people still feel really ill-equipped to either get their career started or even five years in, how do they have that conversation with their manager? I think when you say like playing the game, I think for students, it's that's a huge learning curve Mm -hmm. because, and even like, I think we've mentioned this previously, like, the code words, the corporate code words. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to learn when you are new and you don't know what you've stepped into. Um, you may think that you are venting or you're trying to phrase a transgression or something and it's triggering words that get you even more in trouble and even playing the game where it's like your problem isn't really a huge problem or this is how you navigate. I think it's very key for like students because – I mean, I felt like I was entering blindly. I had to, like... And I think most of us yeah. enter blindly with even... So, like, I know we've talked about it before, Karina, but, like, we didn't... And I don't want to say... I was going to throw shade and say we didn't have the luxury, but we just honestly didn't have the opportunity mm-hmm. to come into the industry um, within a, a rotational program. So a lot of our peers had where mm-hmm. there are people, if... If you want the information, there are people to get the information from or pull you to the side to be like, all right, so I know you're not going to understand what I'm talking about when I say tone, but this is what people are sensing when they say that your tone is off. And, like, explaining to you how, like, how to navigate that. And by all means, I'm not saying 
you change your tone all the time because sometimes you are angry and sometimes they do need to know or sometimes you are disappointed and you do you do appreciate that they have feelings about this (laughs) 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 and the answer still needs to be no but I think it's it's like this gives people the opportunity so for those of you that are in a rotational program or are not in a rotational program like if you if you don't want to shoot, you know, us an email and ask us the questions that we could tell you the things that might could get you fired. And you want to ask people that are a little bit more polite than us. Because even if you, you definitely are, can go to you definitely can go to this event. Yeah, because even if you are in a rotational program, like you need people who have their ear to the ground, like streets. You, you know what hip-hop. I mean? It's yeah. a hip hop theme. You gotta have the ears to the streets. For real. Well, yeah, I too to your point. Um, you're absolutely right. No, yeah, I think, but I think one of the interesting things about your program is that you guys are building your programming off of insights from the people that you're serving, and a lot of the times, and we talk about this here, um, the people who are creating programming for DNI don't necessarily know the raw insights of like what's going on on down on the on the ground level, and what people actually need because. If, if they did, like, we wouldn't still be talking about, we wouldn't be, I personally feel like we wouldn't be in the place where we are right now. So the, the fact that you guys are using real insights from people like us, you're talking to students, you're talking to ERGs, and I'm guessing that they're, they're more likely to tell you exactly how they're feeling because you look like them, and that's what ERGs are for. They're, they're, they're a resource group, but they're also there for you to vet and to articulate what it is that you need in a safe space. So the fact that you guys are like going, using them as a resource is like dope shit. I feel like that's how you get sustainable, impactful solutions. Absolutely, and you hit the nail on the head right there because um, uh, that into uh, Karina. Karina's. It's okay. <laughs> I tried so hard too. I said it three times in earlier in my head, but um, we actually created an actual topic on, you know, the entry level for students and like what to actually expect. And some of our topics this year are, are pretty amazing. And and it's just utilizing that that those insights that are already there, like they're hidden in plain sight. Like we're already doing this type of like approach for our 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 ads and our our campaigns. But you know, why aren't we actually utilizing these same metrics for? You know, a, a uh, human capital, right? So yeah, I mean, that's the Lord speaks through you. That's that's he that's does. been my biggest <laughs> gripe forever is that we we haven't been measuring and and putting practices in place that like we can base like we treat it like a campaign. Like you know, you have your KPIs for a campaign. Like what are the KPIs for diversity and inclusion? Because I feel like if you, especially in this industry, like we, this industry is about creating product or creative around a strategy and an insight so if we're approaching diversity and inclusion the same way i feel like we'll get more change to your point i i I agree but also there are those that they just don't know and and to those that do want to know that there are metrics and kpis that are already made there's this um uh global diversity and inclusion benchmarks that has been put together maybe 20 years ago corporate basically put it together and there's so many kpis that agency could take that book and just start checking things off and 
starting, you know, obviously you can't do it all at once, mm-hmm. but you can phase some things out. So uh, I just kind of, it just, it kills me to, to see it. But also, I also understand that there are some that want to do it, don't know how, they want to mm-hmm. do it right, they want to say the right thing. Sometimes you just got to do it. And I think, and I think that's a that's a very fair point, and we've talked about that here on the show. What what I hope what I hope we challenge people, especially like as here are all the black people expands through the years, is we work within an industry, just as Simeon said, where we literally have a process to solve problems. So to your point, there's a whole bunch of people that may not know how to do this, mm-hmm. but these are also the same people that don't know how to get nike to align with the black lives matter movement and somehow over the course of 18 months are able to put together an entire campaign for it you know what i'm saying we've also solved tourism issues for third world countries and so on and so forth so like i agree people don't know but i also agree they're not applying the same principles that we preach literally preach in advertising and that's you get the smartest people in the room they put together a plan, you execute on that plan. You execute on that plan and you test, mm-hmm. you analyze the data, and then, you priv- and then you pivot and do it all again. And that's literally how it's supposed to work. And I think where we get stuck is the brainstorm session that happens at the beginning of the process where we sit in the room and we have all these great ideas and we say this is how we want to move forward, but we never get it into the brief and we never get it into the hands of the actual creatives and the producers that make it happen. And so for, for, for us, that's been a lot of what we've been discussing with a lot of leaders is let's get it out of the brainstorm room and into production so that we can make things happen. That's awesome. I would just piggyback too, to triangulate what everyone just said. I think, especially with the advertising industry, and again, my own personal thought, just when I think about the Kaepernick campaign or Serena, whether we like it or not, we do what's sexy and what makes us happen. So Black Lives Matter isn't really sexy when you have moms, you know, crying on TV about their children being murdered by the police. Um, Kaepernick is doing great. No shade to him, but it's sexier. He's an, an athlete or, you know, NFL athlete. Um, he has the platform. He's recognized his privilege. So, again, kudos, 100% kudos to him. But it's very different. Um, and I do think sometimes there's a lot of cognitive dissonance in this country about where we should be and where we actually are. Yeah. Because I think sometimes when we do have focus group meetings with, you know, whether it's ERGs or just higher ups to agencies, to Stephanie's point, people really do want to do differently. But I do think there's a bit of a barrier because a lot of people um, of the majority culture do live in the bubble. You know, there's been Obama and, you know, no one hoses down my mom down the street anymore, you know, or Stephanie can go somewhere with her mom and not be spit on. So we're good. Um, and so I do think sometimes that prevents us from getting out of the brainstorm phase. Cause mm-hmm. it's kind of be like, Oh, there are nuances. Cause it's, some oh, people it's don't fun. necessarily see that as a problem anymore. They oh, see the problem. Well, right, right. Because it's, it's not, not urgent. That's not the challenge. If it's I, you know, just because I go into, and I'm just thinking, if I go into like Bloomingdale's and I'm dressed like the person outside and someone's still asking me for help, you know, that's a microaggression, but I didn't die over that, right? I still ate food that day, thankfully, you know, I still made it across the street safely. And so it doesn't seem as urgent as maybe like when a Kaepernick of Black Lives Matter, but those small microaggressions are what lead to, you know, 
black and brown bodies being arrested at higher rates and things like that because you thought I was shoplifting because you didn't think that I could afford to be in this store. So they all kind of tie together. Now but they did it to Oprah. To your point, it to anybody. It's uh. I think it's it's a I think people do really want to make a difference. I do think because some of the things are more nuanced and then like I'll, I'll quote mom, my mom, a real mom, mom Cole. She said, you know, she she sometimes feels bad for us in our generation. She said, I knew where I couldn't go or where I was not welcomed. And although I don't want that to be the case for anyone, she's like, I knew I was very clear about what I'd have to fight against. Now you're kind of sold a bill of goods especially as a student or entry level or even mid-level uh-huh. professional. And then when it doesn't happen, you're to your point, like, well, I did all the right things mm-hmm. and I was excellent at Twitter and I worked really hard. And, you know, now you're really struck out. Whereas again, we don't want to go backwards, but mama knew where she couldn't go the bar that wasn't going to serve her any food. And she's like, at least there was clarity. Now people kind of pretend we always talk about faking or pretending or whatever, throwing shade or something, you know, now everyone's like, right. Oh no, it's, it's okay. Smoke and mirrors the it's smoke and mirrors. And the then how do you even through. navigate yep. that when it's so easy? to say like maybe that woman really thought I would I maybe I moved my hand in my pocket suspiciously I could have been it's New York City people do shoplift in New York City of all Child, backgrounds say it all the time so it's the thing and I, I think that's too. a lot I'm of zipping up my purse no matter who's on the train <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I don't care I that's your granny Grant, listen okay there is a whole woman out here stealing from jewelry stores she's been doing it for 60 it's years a, I mean I won't lie I definitely get on the train <laughs> and I have my phone out and I'm like ooh not safe cause someone's gonna swipe this phone and sell it on the street you see all, all this A plus Goodness. <laughs> All this A plus goodness. I don't got time. I don't have Throw time. First. Mm-hmm. But to your point, I think like when you were talking, like the first thing that came to my mind is like that's kind of what hurts the most, right? It's mm. because just you're, you're so this this fairy tale of you go to school, you get a degree, you're gonna get a job. And specifically like with this industry, like that just isn't the case mm-hmm. like everyone who goes to school for advertising doesn't get a job in advertising so i think like what you guys are doing um one is the fact that you're doing it th- during creative week is dope and the reason is creative week costs money it's hella fucking expensive if you want to go to all of the events so the fact that your event it's free and for students for students i was like she yeah. said the ticket yeah. cost money. Yes. i was like no, no. but but but, but that's <laughs> but, travel stipend it is only forty bucks. So, like it's still so that's still so money. those are, those are both key points, right? Because one for students is free, right? Because you're also you're acknowledging the economic disparities that could exist amongst this community, and then two, the fact that your event is only forty dollars, you're gonna spend that at the bar. Right. People like you're gonna spend it going to the club. So the fact that you have one, it's free for people who aren't making money, right? And if you are mid level you're going to make you're making at least $500 a week like let's be real so you can afford this the fact that you're making it accessible and you're putting them in a room with people who are normally not accessible mm-hmm. is dope as fuck i have a question like is there what tips would you give to the people especially <laughs> they're, they're like, give to the kids? so i th- i think it's two what tips for entry level and then what tips for mid-level because i feel like you're those are two different groups that need to like we were saying be prepped on like how to come in there and like fuck shit up get get it done like so what what would you tell them if you're going to show up especially if you're traveling from outside of these five boroughs like Mm. how do you make this event worthwhile 
So I'll take entry level and I'll pass it off to Steph for uh, mid-level. So Karina, you were talking about your book, Bring Your Best Book. That's your first one. Take some time. And again, when I talk about my tips, now I'm going back to mom mode. But like real <laughs> basics do still stand out amongst recruiters. I do think, you know, amongst being sold a fairy tale of goods, it's also like everyone's just amazing and you just have a great book and you just show up in your PJs and somebody will like you because you're being authentic. Be authentic. Also like put your best foot forward. Mm-hmm. Put on something that makes you feel confident when you step into the room, that makes you look like you. Um, have the best pieces of your book ready to show. Don't kind of wing it. Um, there's all the information on the website. Again, we you guys live on the gram and the the snap and all the other things. I enjoy this. And if you can Google, okay? So if you can this, this snap it or whatever, you can take five minutes. You know, and I do think sometimes, again, those are things aren't said, but that's my tip. I mean, being prepared, I do think in the day, this day and age that we move so quickly, it's easy just to forget that that makes a lot of difference, especially if you're entry level, right? Because you don't know who you're going to meet. You maybe haven't been in this um, environment before. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you're if you're not from New York, yes, New Yorkers are a bit pushy. We're still super friendly. So don't take it, you know, personally. I've gotten, you know, feedback sometimes from places and other, and I get it. Like, we're just like, okay, what's your book? Okay, that's terrible. Go. Take the advice and use it as real feedback. Try not to take things personally. I think for those that have not joined the workforce, um, at least in this arena before, it's easy to take things really personally um, and try not to, especially when you're getting feedback, even if it is somewhat critical feedback and someone sips their tea and tells you no. Um, you know, take that and use that to make you stronger. Um, or if you don't think it's true, let it roll off your back and go to the next person. You know, everyone's opinion isn't valid or necessary, but um, don't get discouraged because you hear a couple people be a little bit, you know, critical. And then, like, be attentive. And, again, just if you're – that was my learning curve. If you're not from the New York area, network, network, network. Google it snap it, whatever, but find some tips on how to network effectively at events, network amongst your peers, network amongst the recruiters, anyone you meet, hi, my name is so-and-so. This is an event that makes it easy because that's what it's for, is to do networking. So it's not like kind of being awkward and like, how do I approach this person? Um, it's Networking is never easy. Again, you're talking to a bona fide introvert, like not my favorite thing to do. However, this will facilitate it. Um, and there's plenty of people that, that will be able to help you do that as well, too, if you're not sure how to ask for that kind of qu- those questions. But um, don't be shy. And, again, I don't mean to single out anyone from other parts of the country. I feel like people get all upset. But I guess but I just noticed it from some of our other boot camps. I'm like, no, you can go talk to them. It's okay. Yeah. Whereas I do notice my, my you know, tri-state area peeps are a little bit more kind of like, hi, my name is so-and-so. Right. And they're a little bit more um, happy or eager to do that. So don't be afraid. Everyone's there to help. I like the woman who wrote the Howard because H, you, oh, sorry, <laughs> you know. Those students, they have their resume oh, everything. Oh, we got it. No, I, <laughs> Howard is one of my favorite schools. To yes, it is. That. Yes, it is. Um, we are amazing. I am Absolutely. the black sheep of my family because I did not go. Did you go to Hampton? No, I did not go to a oh, HBCU. So that okay. makes me even blacker sheep. Okay. Trust me. It's like there's black sheep and then there's like you pour the tar on top of it. <laughs> and my dad still calls it that school. So that school. That school. He wears my cat, but it's still that school. That's nice. um, but yeah, no, Howard was um, yeah. great. That's because we would have love to represent. I mean, if, if favorites, I've been recruiting at Howard for almost eight years. Hands down, my favorite school to go to. Even if someone doesn't have the best book or I didn't think their resume was hot, they know how to approach me. Girl, Hi, that is a know, class. They know things. Yeah. I'm like, I love Our it. Our orientation class is amazing. That is what they teach us. They literally socialize us. It's 8 amazing. 
Tuesdays and Thursdays. Listen, I Shout out to Dr. Bird. All colleges need to go back to that. Mm-hmm. My very first No, because they was trying to have us out here wearing white stockings. Don't do that. Well, maybe not oh, so rigid. And I'll be what? trying to tell people they think I'm lying. They used to have us out there. If you wear good. your blue suit, you have your white stockings. <laughs> you wear your black suit, you wear your black stockings or your nude stockings. What? Child, it was a <laughs> real stockings class. Stockings are a thing. However, not to say anything negative because, again, negative. I'm team HU. You know, sometimes I wish some of those classes came back because yeah, I have done some recruiting sometimes. And oh. I am like, this is not the happy hour special. So so that, that's this that's, is a. Uh, that's great. You look amazing. Represent yourself, but this isn't the happy hour special. You didn't need the white tights, but perhaps you could have. You could put lowered, on any tights. Lowered the skirt a below little, the knee, or below the knee, or maybe we could get a little. Ooh, um, ooh, like the she platforms are cool, and I'm a stiletto <laughs> queen, but I do not wear my four and a half inches to my career fair. I'm not complaining. It's not about HU either. It's about a lot of places I see. So again, when I talk about us understanding how it's to be love. authentic, again. And I, hands down, I'm the mom of the group. I've always been concerned. I wore pearls and vanilla leaf skirts since I was like four. And everyone thought I was weird. I don't, like I said, I don't know about new pop culture, but I do think from a, a, a advertising, you know, and I think I love this industry because you can be funky and creative, right. you know? No one looks at you weird if you have on cool earrings, you got a cap on. Like, you can do a lot, but you're still in a work right. place. And sometimes I'm just like, okay, work people. There's some not. culture to learn along. Just the way. a little yeah. bit. But you guys have all of that. You guys definitely will have all of this. Yeah. And so, then, yeah. Oh, yeah, go for it. Well, I guess just to dive right in for like the mid level stuff. Actually, before we jump around, the students, when you go to your uh, recruiter, uh, well, not recruiter, the Career portfolio services. reviews, oh. please, 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 please don't be picky on um, you know, the agencies because mm. you don't know who you're sitting in front of and who. That what agency they left before or what agency they have a connection to. Like, just sit down and get the information because sometimes these kids, they want to just stand in line. But, like, I want to wait for that one and that one only. You're like, oh, okay. You don't know what uh, opportunity. Okay. But anyways, I had to get up on soapboat. Soapbox. 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 You want to get excited? Yes. I just make up new words. I promise. It's I like you it. fine. We got you. Um, so for mid-levels, dude, this is for you. Um, we made special uh, opportunity to make this happen. And so you're gonna have different, a total track for yourself. Bring your business cards. You know, you will get the opportunity to opt in if you would like to be um, contacted for future opportunities. And you can opt out as well, you know, not trying to sell everybody. Um, but And we're not trying to poach anybody. This is just an opportunity for you to get an opportunity and get in the room with somebody that you probably wouldn't have experience with. So the kickoff reception is going to be where it's at. Please, you know, get your That's where I'll ticket. be at. <laughs> <laughs> if anybody yes. wants to know where to find me, it's yes. usually at the kickoff reception right by the bar. Right by the bar, yes. So the kickoff reception is going to be great. That's going to give you access to this, you know, exclusive networking. And then the next day is going to be we have headshots available for everybody. You have your own panels. Um, the topics are great. Like, let me just tell you, one of these topics are – <clears throat> letting crabs out the barrel oh. how we all can win right right so demographically specific come yeah. on crabs you, you guys in the are barrel get com- the crab let's get it let, we all gotta yeah. get out the barrel now i mean y'all are also having conversations in mixed company which is interesting this is lit you know, yes you know you know literally the topics this, this year are really Somebody's really really sculpted for everybody <laughs> 
we want to know about crabs in the barrel. And then we're all going to have to explain. Well, I'm glad you asked. Explain the crabs in the barrel to the children. That happened today with someone. And... Um, I was a little surprised that they didn't know, but you know, again, you never know what people's context are. But you know, I had to, you know, break it down in terms I don't of think like. Can you break it down, that is. Lauren, Please, I, I will read the description and I'll <laughs> I'll break it down. So it just describes when a group of like situated people hinder each other's attempts to get ahead. This is the generational curse that people of color and women have suffered for years as a result of the lack of diversity in the industry and assumptions that there can only be a few of us at the top. In this presentation, viewers will learn how to implement the push-pull strategy to ensure that we can all win. Mm, come so, on, Jesus. Say it a little louder for those in the back. They can't hear They can't hear you in the stands. <laughs> so basically that. But we all know from our context right. what that looks like. And you know, I threw in the women thing there, too, because, again, there's tons of research, too, that's like you get one woman in power, and yeah. all of a sudden either she finds barriers to pulling up other women, regardless of, ethnicity or race unfortunately right and don't let it be a, a black woman forget it i mean it was heartbreaking i mean to me made a great point in terms of the fairy tale you're sold and it just is recent hbr research that says you know as a person of color or a woman if you refer a woman as a woman regardless of race or if you refer a person of color as a person of color it actually can hinder your career so actually only um white and i'll throw straight in there but white men Ooh can refer anyone right now they can they could have a whole sea of brown people and everyone's like oh these are the best people ever like thank you so much for bringing them in if i say hey steph um hey zami and hey kai karina like come on to my board They're like oh are you really you're hanging your friends or like are they really qualified or like do they even tell like, the truth so you're just gonna let all the black people in aren't you <laughs> would you say right like that is literally like oh well you know no. we don't want to just pick our friends it's like but you did you just you. said that in the email i saw <laughs> what do you mean? Like, that is this is trick. Like it's very it, triggering. It's, it's a trick. It's very it's triggering. triggering. And we have another panel topic oh, or workshop. something. We have a workshop. And I'm just gonna like sell you guys. But we have another workshop. But we also had a good conversation to that point about crabs in the barrel, but not being able to. Sorry, I'm piggybacking on what I was saying before. Um, but just talking about crabs in a barrel, like that's a really great panel of mixed company. Um, but also when we talk about hiring and promoting other people, like it's something that I'm passionate about for a lot of reasons that like we can all hire each other and we just have so much difference, you know? And a lot of times it's like we are stuck in that stereotype narrative. I'm a black woman. I must have come from here. I must have done this. And there's so many times where I'm just like, actually, nope. Oh, nope. Uh, well, I don't know anything, you know, about that. And again, like, I love learning all about pop culture, but the the assumption is that I would know something about it. I couldn't. I can't. Who's? I, I ain't gonna lie. I, the, I'm the Drake. Really taking it back. I'm, and see, it's a yeah. lot. You gotta. You gotta. And you I'm gotta just, ease me into this because between the Facebook and Drake, I'm like, girl, I can't. I can't. Right. Do it. I. I. It's, I can't it's, do and it. it's love. I love pop culture. But like it's amazing. <laughs> I love that thing. I know like millions of people know, I know some like, things about it. <laughs> about it. But I think it's so important that we continue to pull each other up. Fair. There's not crabs in the barrel, so everybody has a voice because everybody's voice is so important. And the nuance makes sure that nobody's left out. Fair. And I feel like a lot of times it's just like, okay, we got the one. And then how's that one person feel? Now, whether you're a leader or an entry level person, you know, again, I I guess it's a personal point for me because I've been asked to speak on the behalf. And then I get blank stares and I, I can't tell you anything about 
who plays this mm. sport or whatever. Not because I'm not interested as a black person. I just honestly, as a person, as that's a not per- my thing. As a person, like I can actually tell you, read you the roster of the chorus for American Ballet Theater, but you weren't expecting that. So mm, I like that. I but that doesn't that really that help that. you because you wanted a black voice, but it is a black voice. Shout out to Missy Coco. I was just, um, <laughs> you know. um, Michaela De Prince. Okay. I can go on, but I mean, you know, and again, it's not about my personal experience. Fair. It's just wanting to not have other people have that feeling of you know trying to speak up on behalf of a whole bunch of other people who you love, admire, respect, are indebted to, but just may have different experiences from you. And now you like to so how do I get ahead? Now they're like, well, we're not going to put you on the Heineken account or whatever because you don't drink beer. They actually like, might put you on the Heineken. account. They might, account. and I'd be like, oh my god! So can we put it like a wine glass bean? And they're like, no. Okay. All right. So to our point, we got some dope ass topics. Also for mid levels, make sure. So I made sure to put together actual active workshop for mid levels on selling your work and selling your work either if it's through a proxy over the phone, digital, and I got one of the, like, the like uh, pretty big guys came from our girl Tasha. She told us all about them. Um, but, yeah, I know, like, the, check out the website. Make sure that you are buttoned up on October 4th and October 5th. Um, buy your tickets. Tell your friends. Yeah. Buy your friends a ticket if buy, you got Please it. buy your friends a ticket. <laughs> yes. This yeah, and, and please don't think it's just for black people. Like, it's for black people, brown people, white people, and other all kinds of people. Just it's for everybody. It's, conver- it's, conversa- it's a conversation for everybody with specific nuance and direction, I think. I think that's what's important. You want to know a little bit something more? You, you want to feel a little bit more inclusive? You want to have more ammunition to go to the tables and say that you know a little bit more about this conversation? This is the place you need to be. So thank you guys for joining yeah. us. Yeah. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you so, so much. Let's, thank let's you run very much. Specifics again. So to buy tickets, it's the oneclub.org. Yes. If you would like to buy tickets, please go to one club. That's spelled O-N-E-C-L-U-B.org. Um, if you click around anywhere on the website, it's plastered everywhere. Um, you can look for one ID or you can just click events. So it's super easy to find and navigate. Um, and you'll be able to purchase tickets for um, October 4th. Again, we have the kickoff reception. That's for our mid-level peeps. Again, there will be cocktails, wine, and finger foods. So please come and, and join music us. And music and fun stuff. Now, there's four different tip- ticket types. So just to let you know, we do have it kind of broken down. Um, like a student seeking internship, our entry level, mid-level, and senior executive. So the mid-level and the senior executive are what you want to look for for our mid-levels. Um, yeah, so we're definitely just right. trying to be a little bit more thoughtful of how we uh, approach this, and it's gonna be a great day. We have um, some pretty kick-ass panels. It sounds lit, it's yeah. real, like, all together sounds lit. I know we're excited to be there. I know, listen, if I'm gonna be there, <laughs> you know it's about to be a whole thing. Um, So we're excited. Thank you guys for coming on the show. We'll be sure to post links to tickets um, when we launch this on our social media channels. Make sure y'all take a look at the One Club's website. Make sure you definitely take a look at the page for Here Are All the Black People. 
um, if you care anything about mixed company, because that might actually be a better place to be than our table, <laughs> you can also follow us on all the social medias, including the Facebook at Ask Mixed Company, um, or check us out on our website at mixedcompanypodcast.com. Um, it's just good. What else do we have? We have an, we also have another event coming up that we need to make. Karina's tie-dyeing me, y'all. She's right. We actually have an, uh, like, low-key, we're, we're, we're kind of sold out right now. But it's hey. okay. I'm going to still push it because you're right. We're out here doing good. If you have not added your name to the wait list, <laughs> you definitely should. We have our uh, for, for Colored Women. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm lying. We women. have for black women who've considered the C-suite coming up on September 13th, and we're doing this in conjunction with Publicis Health, Publicis Group, women Publicis of Group, color. Women yeah. of Color, Viva and color. Viva, Viva Women of Color. And this time we have the C-suite insight, and so we have all the C-suite, C-suite. and down. it's a, diver- a diverse conversation again. We have white men, we have black women, we have mature women, we, then there's us. <laughs> Um, <laughs> on, not so mature. Um, and honestly, we have dope gift gift bags. That's what I'm excited and wine. But the gift bags are cool too. Um, so with that being said, we had another really dope episode. It's a lot happening in September. Amen. And you know what? We guess what? We're going to add color. We will be at add <laughs> color. Yeah. We will be at add color. So for any of you that care to say hi, hit us up. Meet me for a drink. You already know. <laughs> Hit us up on the social media. She will be there. Amen. Um, praise God. Amen and <laughs> praise God. Thank you, Jesus. And, uh, yeah, peace out, y'all. Later, guys. Bye. It's been amazing. <laughs>